What training camp battle are we the most excited to see out in Oxnard? All that and so much more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every Locked day. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool back from his nice vacation back in the studio. Landon, what's going on today, sir? Not much. I uh, <laughs> Marcus knows this, but the rest of y'all are going to find out right now. I literally walked in the door a second ago from uh, from traveling, uh, seeing family. So I'm I'm excited to kind of get back on track for at least for a couple of days, uh, and then uh, and then yeah, I mean just kind of get back on on talking Cowboys because it's been you know a little while since last week, and and even though not much is happening, we're getting so close to training camp. Yeah. that a lot of the storylines started getting a lot more uh, interesting. And, and, you know, there is some news out there to discuss. So I, I'm happy to be back. Lana, the Cowboys have training camp practices later this month. Oh, God. Yes, I know. I'm excited. You know, it's 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 one of those things where my, my month has been uh, packed full of stuff. And every time I kind of am looking at the schedule, the relief inside is at the end of the month. It's the uh, the annual pilgrimage up to, up to Oxnard to look at practice. So I, I'm certainly excited about that. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get into your Twitter questions. The first one come from Zach or comes from Zach. Excuse me. What training camp battle are you the most looking forward to uh, out in Oxnard? I'll say for me, Landon, it's really the defensive line. Like I want to yeah. see Dorrance Armstrong versus Chauncey Golston. And I know with like defensive ends, it's not really so much a battle because they get all these guys on the field. But I want to see does somebody grab one of those starting defensive end spots? Does Dante Fowler look really good? Does Golston play more on the inside? I think that's where a lot of my attention will be. What about for you? You know, I, I mean, I, kind of shifting the 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 tone of the question, I guess. I, I think it's going to be really interesting in general. Uh, and this may not be training camp battle in the sense that they meant it, but I think it's going to be interesting in general just watching the offensive tackles and the defensive ends uh, yeah. just verse each other. Because, you know, I think – Obviously, you, you have an idea of what you have in Tyron Smith, at least as, as as in terms of quality, right? So you know what you have there. I think with Terrence Steele, you feel pretty confident that you've got a solid right tackle. We don't really know how much he's advanced, you know, in the offseason. So seeing that will be exciting. And then pair, pairing all of those guys against a lot of unknown at the defensive end position. Obviously, Parsons is what Parsons is. We all expect him to have a huge impact on this mm -hmm. defense. Uh, 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 Lawrence back from uh, uh, for another season, this one being one of the first, I think, in a couple, I mean, probably four or five years, right, that he hasn't had a, an offseason surgery or recovering mm -hmm. from something or, you know, he's got a full offseason. So seeing a, a refreshed Marcus Lawrence is going to be interesting. Uh, and then, obviously, as you mentioned, Armstrong and, and 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 some of these other guys, and obviously Sam Williams, Golson, all these guys against these offensive tackles, and then obviously Tyler Smith getting some type snaps at at, at offensive tackle as well. So I, I think you know the question probably meant you know which position group internally battling, but I think if you're talking about just internally a battle, uh, I, I I really think that the offensive tackles and the defense versus the defensive ends in one on one situations is going to be very telling this year. Yeah, I, I mean we're we're such line junkies that we want to just see all those guys. We want to see Tyler no. Smith. We want to see Golston. We want to see what Sam Williams looks like, but 
Uh, how about some other ones? How about receiver? Uh, because mm-hmm. that's one that we, we yeah. really don't know because we obviously see the lambs, the number one gallops, the number two, we're assuming that Jalen Tolbert's going to kind of fill that number three role, but I want to see everybody else. What does James Washington look like outside of the disaster zone that was Pittsburgh over the last couple of years? What does TJ Vasher looks like, look like who's had a good OTA and good, you know, good summer so far. What about Sidney Fajoko? I'm really interested in wide receivers four through seven for the Cowboys as well. Yeah, obviously wide receiver is a position that everyone's going to have their eye on because of the loss of Cooper and because there's just a lot of unknown there, mm-hmm. uh, including the depth chart. But yeah, I think you mentioned it. It's not even just the the Tolberts of the of the world. It's 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 the Washingtons. What can they contribute? Um, you know, what what's what are we going to get from a TJ Vasher? Can he make a 53 man roster and, and and have a role in this team? What does that mean for Semi Fahoku and and, and his sounds development? Like sounds like he's maybe ahead of. Fahoku right now, which is a little surprising, I guess. You know, uh, like I said, I, I think the thing about Vasher is that if he, you know, when you're kind of a physical specimen and you have unique traits, like there's a certain threshold that if you can meet it, like you have an advantage on some of these other guys who are kind of, you know, not middling athletes. Not that Simi Fahoku is a bad athlete or anything, but you know, I think Vasher has got a th- uh, part of his game, an element of his game that's unique. Uh, and that mm-hmm. can be uh, easily leveraged. So if he can find a way to kind of do the the the, the normal day to day stuff that that wide receivers have to do, as well as someone like Simi Fahoku, he may have a leg up. You know, even though Fahoku was the drafted player, simply because he has you know what we call that trump card or whatever you yeah, want to call he's it. He's just that, more that, unique, that, right? Yeah, exactly. He's got that ability to be a, a red zone player and, and and a jump ball player that that you don't really have. A lot of uh, a lot of on the rest of the team, so uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see exactly how that 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 lineup that that t- stack goes for the wide receivers. I actually have a few more positional battles that I want to talk about, but we'll we'll get into those in just a second. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our old friends at uh, Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including MLB. We've got golf going on. A uh, big UFC card here in a couple of weeks. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Landon, next question. This one from August. He wants to know uh, how would you like to see the Cowboys handle the running back room? going into the 2023 season. So this is a really interesting question. Tony Pollard entering the final year of his contract. This is the last year of Ezekiel Elliott's guaranteed money. He'll turn 28 next year. The Cowboys could save just under 5 million. If they cut him, Uh, I would be about 11.9 million in dead cap uh, money that they would have if they cut him. But what would you like to see the Cowboys do? Uh, you know, I think it's tough. I mean, I, I don't know that yeah, obviously the contract is tenable, you know, and, and I think that, you know, it's the first is, time it's been, I mean, the first time you could actually move on from him. Yep. Somewhat like this, realistically. Finally kind of gotten to a point where the threshold, you know, where the, the it's, it, it, it has any kind of positive consequence of, of getting rid of him. You know, I, you're going to hate me for this. I actually think you should try to maybe sign him to a short extension and use some of that money, spread it out a little bit. I, I think he, look, you said Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott. Uh, oh, sorry, we talked about Zeke. 
Well, talking about both, how would you just handle the running back room in general? Would you? I would you... oh 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 well in general, yeah. I you know I would see if you could. I would see what Zeke's interested in doing. You know, because honestly, like you could easily cut him. You could easily just say, okay, uh, uh, you know, uh, sorry Zeke. You know, the money's gotten to the point where it's not it's not tenable anymore, and it, it, it's just it, we we save too much there. Um, and, and and you could do it that way. I think the other option you could talk to him is, is approach him. He clearly likes playing here. He likes playing with Dak. He lives with Dallas. His career, you know, he's he's uh, what is he twenty eight, twenty. I think he'll be he'll be going into his twenty seven season this year. So he'd be twenty eight in twenty twenty three. So he's he's you know he's not reached the end of his career yet, but he's reaching the kind of tail end of his of certainly of what would be effectiveness, right? Yeah. And and I I think you approach him and say hey like how would you feel about maybe doing a short extension we could spread some of this money out make the cap a lot more tenable you could stick around from Dallas you're being paid you've been paid a lot of money by Dallas you know of course he uh, he, he may want to go out and 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 you know make get try to get another payday I don't know how likely that is uh, but if you could do something like that then maybe what you could do is turn around and 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 start negotiating with Tony Pollard and see what you want to do there I I think with Pollard. You need to decide what what his role is, like it's because it, if you're going to play him as a as a running back only, and 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 if that's the case, I don't have any interest in necessarily resigning him. Um, I, I like Tony Pollard a ton. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think that it's it it falls under the the same sort of situation where you shouldn't be resigning these guys. Yeah. So uh, you know you you could you could find someone who could p- potentially be an explosive player that you might be able to give you kind of similar production eventually out out of out of uh, you know, out of college and in the draft. Um, but if you're, if you're, if you're actually interested in playing him in kind of a unique way and actually fully leveraging his skill set, I think you approach him, you kind of figure out what, I, I think that the hardest part there is actually figuring out what the contract looks like, because there is just, isn't a ton of examples of, you know, if they, if they do leverage him kind of in a more pass receiving route, a role, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the standard there? What's, what's the, 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 the mark of what's the, you know, the, the, I'm struggling to find the words. What's the, like the, the bar for that kind yeah. of player? What's, you know, what's, what's the, the going price for a running back who you also are leveraging a, a lot as a receiver, you know, kind of a, a positionless player. I mean, we're, we're going to see what Debo Samuel does with yeah. San Francisco. Well, that's the high end, right? So like an yeah. example would be like Cordero Patterson this off season with the Falcons, who's kind yeah. of plays that hybrid role sure. two years, 10.5 million. I'm on board with something like that. Give me, give me that plus maybe a little bit more. And 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 I, I don't know if he's on board with that because maybe he views himself as a more valuable player yeah, than and that. And that's the tricky thing, right? Yeah. So and I and I think that again, it's tricky already, and then it's made more complicated by the fact that he's going to be kind of positionless. So you know, he may ask for kind of more wide receiver money, saying, "Hey, you're leveraging more me more as a wide receiver." So uh, I, I think that look, I, and this all kind of fits together, right? So. Uh, I, I do think that it, it makes a lot of sense to cut Zeke because of the because of the money. I think it also could you could find a way to make make it sense to Zeke to you know maybe extend him, understand that his role is probably going to change, uh, maybe because you want to give Pollard more touches, uh, and then you go approach Pollard and see, hey, what's you know what are you looking at? We've got like all these guys. We do have a ton of money. But mm-hmm. we also have all these guys that that we need to sign, and that's kind of why you have all this money. So uh, I think it's you've saved yourself enough money at this point that it's it's worth kicking the tires. But I, I just don't know what the outcome is going to become because it's just 
the price there is too, there's too many variables. All right. So I got lots of thoughts on this one. So here's what I don't want the Cowboys to do. I don't want the Cowboys to pay Tony Pollard and then see the exact same split yeah. and touches that we saw last year. That does nobody, anybody good. You're just paying for the same production. It's just much more expensive than it was of the last couple of years. Agreed. I f- almost feel like if you're going to pay Tony Pollard, you pay him now and you let him be the lead back. Right. And you say, Hey, is you're going to transition more into the Mark Ingram closer, short yardage running back role. And this is our Alvin Kamara who we're giving the ball 250 times uh, this season. We're not quite sure how we're going to do it yet, whether it's going to be as a running back or as a receiver, but he's our main guy. I, I don't get the sense that's what the Cowboys are going to do yet because I still think they value Zeke. Um, but I also don't think, Lana, they want to go into the 2023 offseason losing both these guys. Like, it, no, it seems pretty unlikely to me that the Cowboys let Pollard walk and they let Ezekiel Elliott walk as well, or they kind of. So I am not opposed to the Cowboys doing a deal like they did similarly with Demarcus Lawrence, right? Where yeah. there's no guaranteed money left in the deal. We're going to guarantee him his salary over the next two years, not add any additional money into it. Just, you know, we, we give him more guaranteed money, but it also saves us some cap space. I think you could do that. And it, that would make a lot of sense to me, right? Because that way you could get out, get out of this contract after let's say the 2024 season and there's no dead money left. I I think that makes a lot of sense. I think Zeke would go for it too. And I think he would too. Right. I mean, as much as people want to hate on him, specifically people on this podcast, <laughs> uh, he, you know, he, I will say he it likes... depends on what he what he does this year. Like if he just looks completely broken down and it's clear that he doesn't have it anymore, you don't you don't entertain that. But if he's the same player that we've seen over the last two or three years, I think that's where that conversation happens. If he looks more like he did in the first half of the season last year before the PCL injury, yeah, I'm sign me up for that, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think he might be willing to do it, too, for all the reasons that we mentioned before. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tony Pollard's value, just a little bit, here's a couple contracts that have been handed out over the last two years that he should at least keep an eye on. So we mentioned Cordero Patterson at $5.5 million a year. Chase Edmonds got $6 million a year kind of as that running back slash receiver. In Card- the Cardinals offense, Neam Hines for the Colts, who is the number two running back there, got $6 million. And then if you're looking at like the top end, like Aaron Jones, who does a lot of receiving work for the Packers, he got 12 million. His value is probably somewhere between six to 12 million. I, this season will tell you a lot, whether it's closer to that 6 million range or closer to that 12 million range. As much as I love Pollard, probably not giving him anything more than six or 7 million a year. Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on. I mean, again, this is why this is hard to guess because I think it really depends on how they're willing to use him, and and yeah. if they're willing to use him where he's going to get a whole bunch of touches, including a whole bunch of receiving touches, I may be willing to go eight or nine million dollars. But I, I think that if the idea is that he's going to get, you know, ten more catches than he did last year, uh, and the same amount of running touches, like that's not necessarily no, worth no. the money, you know. Right. So I, I I think that there's a lot of you know circumstance and particulars here that we kind of have to let see play out a little bit before we're going to be able to really have a good call on this. I also wouldn't be opposed to the Cowboys. Listen, if they wanted to sign Tony Pollard because they think he's an elite offensive weapon that can be used as a receiver, you do that, you save, let's say you pay him $9 million a year, whatever. 
And then you draft somebody in the third or fourth round to kind of be the banger between the tackles. I could see them going that direction as well. Wouldn't be my preferred option, but it's see they're just not going to go. I'm, I'm telling you right now, they're not going it going into the 2023 season with neither Pollard or Elliot the roster. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think and it makes sense too with all the stuff that we've been talking about. It really feels like they're trying to gear up for a 2023 run because you know just by reading tea leaves, mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to hang themselves by not having a solid running back going into the season. Um, yeah. even just a rookie running back, even if they, I mean, even if they drafted a first round running back, you know, like, oh which they gosh. shouldn't, but, oh. but, but even if they did, well, look, I mean, look, if they drafted a back end of the first round running back when they had no running backs, I wouldn't blame them for that. But, but at the same time, I don't know if I, I could I think, do it again. I don't know. I, I don't, it was once was too much. Number four overall is not the same thing as da- drafting a running back at 24. Four or 25 right like so what was the felix jones spot right 24 well yeah the problem was felix jones not the draft pick well, <laughs> so I, yeah, we're getting <laughs> but maybe that's coming. your point but maybe that's your point so uh i, I you know look i i'm not i'm not I'm, and, and let me be further clear i'm not endorsing that necessarily yeah i, I could no, understand no. it I, you know but i, but I, I think second it. round is a range like if you told me the cowboys yeah. traded up to 43 to grab a running back Okay, I, I can get behind that. You're getting four years of a rookie contract. And the way the running back drafting has been over the last couple of years, that's a lot of times where the first running back is being selected, right? I think Brees Hall was like 39 or something this year. That I'm in favor of. But we both can agree that we don't necessarily want to do that with no running backs on the roster, though, right? Like, yes. I mean, yes. I, I would rather have Pollard or Zeke on the roster and then draft a second-round running back for the future, not necessarily – place all the eggs in the basket of a second round running back. So yeah, not uh, yeah, by themselves. I, it's too much. Not by themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's really where we agree wholeheartedly is that one of these two guys is coming back, if not both. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take one more quick break to tell you guys about our old friends at rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Lane, let's get into a couple more questions. This one from Drew. Are there any undrafted free agents that have a chance to crack the 53-man roster? We've talked about a lot of these guys, but is there one that you think has the best chance to make it? I'm sorry, which guys? Of the UDFAs that the Cowboys signed oh. this year. You know, I, I, I think... A couple of these wide receivers, if they really showed out, like if the the Drummond kid like really mm-hmm. showed out, like I mean, I just think there's a lot of chaos at the back end of the roster at, at wide receiver. That could definitely be a spot. Um, I would say linebacker, it, it, linebacker, yeah, right? Hansford, like, I would. I, he's a good Hansford. one. I was going to mention Marquis Bell, uh, the safety okay. of the Cowboys signed. Yeah. They gave a ton of guaranteed money to, and I was actually going to mention him in training camp battles because I want to see who kind of grabs that last box defender spot whether sure. it's tyler Coyle, maybe it's israel makamu maybe it's marquise bell maybe it's john thomas right the, the safety from georgia tech who the cowboys signed maybe it's 
Uh, Harper, the, the linebacker the Cowboys drafted from Oklahoma State. One of those guys is going to have a really good camp. It's going to solidify their spot on the roster. That's kind of one of the you know lower down on the positions or down on the totem pole spots I'm really curious to watch. Bell's going to have a Cowboys jersey on him. I feel I feel very very confidently you know whether it's on the practice squad or on you know the 53 man roster that remains to be seen but the, the amount of money that they gave him and how much they are already talking about him and how much they love to use those kind of you know javon curse players mm-hmm. um you know i think that that those uh i said javon jaron curse uh, uh kind of players i think that, that he's a lock to make the team you know in one form or another now like like I said, is that guaranteed money going to turn into his uh, his practice squad salary, or is that just a stepping stone to him being on the fifty three man roster? Or you know, will, that remains to be seen uh, in camp. But I do think he's clearly the the kind of you know front runner just based on money. And, and then I, yeah, Hainsford, as we mentioned before, another kind of linebacker box guy. I think those are all spots you know because. I mean, ultimately, those guys are going to be playing a lot of special teams, right? Down roster linebackers yes, and yes. safeties. So, so getting those guys from college directly and them being undrafted free agents—that's a—that's a—that's an excellent use of resources. You, you know, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. The the, the other guys who are going to come out and 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 you know and uh, take the spots would be you know Lidstrom or uh, you know the other center for BYU. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yep. MP, yeah, it, you know, depending on where they're playing, right? MP may be a guard or, you know, however, I think they've been moving these guys around a little bit. There's some spots there, I think, or there's some uh, opportunity there for those guys to kind of really come in and take that job if they have a good training camp. Outside of that, I think that you kind of have a, a, a good grasp on, you know, the depth chart. So it would really require someone kind of, really showing up on the scene and really having an incredible training camp, I think to kind of find another foothold for a a UDFA to make, make this roster. I'll give you one more Peyton Hendershot, a tight end from Indiana. Yeah. We we know that Sean McHugh or sorry, not Sean McHugh. We know that Dalton Schultz is the the tight end one on this team. Jake Ferguson's probably going to work as a tight end two, tight end three. They brought back Jeremy Sprinkle as that blocking tight end. I don't think it's unrealistic to think Peyton Hendershot could like beat out Sean McEwen and, and make the roster, right? You don't think it's, it's – Well, I'm just can... saying, as, as much <laughs> as I love Sean McEwen, Peyton Hendershot yeah. would have been a draftable tight end if it weren't for some off-the-field stuff. And yep. very talented player that the Cowboys gave quite a bit of money to. It's true. We'll see. It wouldn't shock me if the Cowboys decided to hold on to him. No, I would definitely put him, you know, in that list of guys that could come in and have a great training camp. And again, I mean, maybe not the same way at center or or even at wide receiver, but there is a, a soft spot in the roster and, and down roster tight ends. So and those guys play, you know, whether it's special yeah. teams or in blocking formations, the Cowboys use a lot of tight ends. So uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Hendershot came in here and really played well and, and, and grabbed one of those spots. It, and it's not even entirely un- impossible that he comes in and just outperforms Jake Ferguson. Because when you get to day three of the draft, there's really not a lot of difference between a fourth round tight end and a UDFA tight end. And if Hendershot's just a better receiver and more dynamic after the catch, maybe they just decide to keep both. And it's Hendershot who's playing this year over Jake Ferguson some more. Not predicting that, but again, after the it's top possible. 100 picks, it, things get yeah. kind of wild. So Absolutely. keep keep an eye on him. Uh, last question. This is a really, really good one. Uh, 
sorry, I lost it. It was from at Pfizer Sows. He wants to know what does Dak have to do to go from top 10 quarterback to top five? I think that's Pfizer Soze, which is a great handle if that's what it is. Is that yes, what it says? Pfizer Pfizer? Yes. I lost that's, it real quick. I couldn't see the the, the That's Twitter hilarious. Handle. Really good Twitter handle. Um uh, health is is the first thing. You know, yeah. honestly, I, I I mean I think you saw a guy that when he was playing when he was healthy last year, he was incredible. Like the Cowboys were, you know, had the number one offense last year. Mm-hmm. So uh I, I think health is the first step. And then uh, you know, taking kind of another positive step. I mean, if, if we want to talk about specifics that I feel like Dak could work on uh, 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 gathering his feet when he's uh, when he's moved them and, and to, before he throws the football, that's been a, an issue at mm-hmm. times, especially later in the season when he, uh, he, his feet just weren't as quick because of the ankle injury. He struggled to kind of get his feet properly with Look, how many times have we said it guys when Dak struggles, it's because his feet aren't right. When Dak doesn't throw the ball accurately, it's because his feet aren't right. So mm-hmm. any opportunity to get his feet right or to, to, to kind of, you know, make sure that he has his feet with it under underneath him when he throws, that's going to be an opportunity for improvement from last year. And again, health is a big part of that. But I also think repetition can, you know, not falling into bad habits when under duress. Uh, I, I think those are going to add to it. I, I think health will be a huge factor here to help the, the feet thing. But I think that is something that he's you know always struggled with, and, and the the more he can reduce that, the more just kind of overall positive play I think you'll see from that. I agree. Now, like statistically, for me, what I'd like to see is fewer of the games where he just doesn't have it or he plays poorly. Like last year, there were six games in which he averaged under six yards per attempt. It's not awful. We saw somebody like Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen had nine of those games last year. But we know Dak can be fantastic and as good as any quarterback in the league, and it in a single game, if you could just kind of eliminate the stinkers, right? The two or three games where he just doesn't play well, the Denver game or the Washington game last year, the the first Washington game, at, you know, yeah. at Washington, mm-hmm. you eliminate those all of a sudden you're going to be considered a top five quarterback because that's, that's really the difference between a top 10 and a top five guys. Aaron Rodgers might have one of those games a year where he just plays poorly. Dak might have four. That's it. That, yeah. That's, that's the only difference. I think one thing that Ke- where Kellen can really help him, and I think Kellen needs to improve, and I think Dak needs to improve because of you know they're it's all tied together. They need to they need to do a better job of starting out s- stronger. You know, there's too yes. many times when they come into games and it feels like it takes Dak a little while to get going, and then Dak is so good that he you know ends up pulling it out anyways exactly. because he plays so good in the second, third, and fourth quarter that it doesn't the first quarter didn't matter, but. There are too many good teams out there that will find ways to take advantage of that. San Francisco, hello. That if you can't start early, if you can't put, you know, look, the whole point of that offense last year was to put these de- uh, defenses in disadvantageous uh, spots and their mm-hmm. other teams' offense by scoring points early. And, and the Cowboys really, despite having the ability to do almost anything on offense at certain points last year, they really struggled to consistently put points on the board early. In every game, and and when they had to kind of allow teams to hang around, that's where they started to get into some trouble. So, I, I think wh- whether it's Kellen Moore with 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 play calling and, and maybe his scripting of the, the first few plays, or it's Dak just needing to get into the game earlier, I think there is lots of area of improvement in in kind of how this team starts offensively. I, I don't disagree. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. I think tomorrow, Landon, we've got so many questions that we should just double back and finish up Let's some of it. these 
uh, yeah, you guys had some really good ones. And then we'll, we'll get into some more of our positional previews later this week. But want to let you guys know that you should check out the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break of the action. Even last week, we got some big news about Terry McLaurin's contract, which yep. could potentially have an impact on the Cowboys down the road. Uh, they they talked about all that last week, so go check it out. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We know that you are because you're listening to us right now. Follow us on YouTube. You can check out the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys right back here tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>